Hey everybody, Jim Sammons here, the Kayak Fishing Show live, brought to you by Ballast Point Brewing Company, as well as, of course, our big sponsors, Seaguar, Jackson Kayak, Warner Paddles, Standard Horizon, Yak Attack, Seagull Reels, Band of Anglers, Raymarine, and Kokatat. Uh, they've been our sponsors for a long time. Um, some of them joined us later. Uh, you'll see different sponsors in this episode, because the cool thing is, is this is our really our very first true throwback episode back to the ocean kayak days i'm really stoked this is the first episode that we aired on the world fishing network um 11 11 years ago over over 130 episodes ago uh i think this was actually about the third episode we shot uh but for impact just starting to air we wanted to air this one because this was a great one. This one had uh, us catching marlin and, and that sort of thing. So um, on this trip, back, back then when we used to shoot this, we would I had two videographers. Uh, we had a still photographer. We usually had a couple of guests. I mean, it, it was pretty pretty cool deal. Um, as we kind of moved on, we kind of had to go a little bit leaner, and it tended to just be Will and I would go on an episode, and then we'd have a guest. So... Um, but this is back in the old days. My wife was on this trip and we just had a, a, a great time. Um, the other cool thing was on this trip, I had along one of my good friends, Matt Moyer. Uh, Maddie is uh, the executive chef at the La Jolla Country Club. Uh, we are both, you know, part of Ballast Point. He's the team captain of Ballast Point fishing team. Um, he's uh, a very cool guy, competitive saltwater bass angler. And like I said, just a knucklehead good friend of mine. So with no further ado, Matt Moyer. Hey, Senior Jim. <laughs> Senior Jim. How are um, you? Good, man. I mean, so many great memories from, from this shoot. We, uh, but I'm trying to remember, you you did catch a marlin on this, this trip, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that your first one or your second one? Second one. It was your second one. I thought yeah. so. Yeah, the first one was actually, the one that almost the first one was the one that almost knocked me out of the boat, right? Actually, I think it was this one. Was it? I thought it was. <laughs> it's nice when you can get them confused. Yeah, it was <laughs> years ago. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this was back at Hotel Punta Colorada, which unfortunately mm. has been closed for years. Um it's one of the Van, Herm Van Wormer resorts. They still have several other resorts that are open, but uh, Punta Colorada uh, never got back going again um, after having to shut down some years ago, which is a total drag because it was my my favorite location down there. Yeah, that place was awesome. And the people were like the nicest ever, and it had that old Mexico feel to it. Yeah, that was the cool thing. It definitely, uh, Punta Colorado definitely had more of an old school vibe to it. It wasn't resorty at all, but the location was so epic. Yeah, I think my least favorite meal night was American night. Oh, God. It's like, why do you do that? Why do you do American? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you you do Mexican so well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and the um, that's where we learned to make 
Quaalude Ritas. Yep. With the Damiana. Damiana, yeah. The the world's strongest margaritas. Uh, we used to tell the clients that two was perfect. Yep. But don't have three because three always leads to four. Yeah. And after that, you'll have a hard time waking up the next day for sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, I think on the, wasn't this the shoot too that like uh, we had so much time because of the wind? Like I did that little cooking cooking segment. Yeah, we did. A, like I said, Matt Matt yeah. is the executive chef at the La Jolla Country Club, um, and we did do a cooking. I think it was tuna, and you made some like mango salsa or something. Yeah, no, it's uh, uh, Dorado. Dorado. Okay. Uh, we did some kayak surfing, which is in this episode. Um, yeah, it's actually like I said to, to 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 be straight up honest with you. This plays differently than it actually occurred. Yeah, um, because you, you want to build it up to a better story. Yeah, um, this I think the way they edited it was that we finished the trip big, yeah. where we actually started the trip big, yeah. and then it kind of went downhill from there because we did get hit by the hurricane and all that. But we had a great time. Uh, I'm going to check in with some people here who have uh, made some comments. Uh, Darren Bennett is obviously telling his buddy Russell. Darren Bennett is a friend of mine. He is actually the former punter, probably one of the best punters ever, Hall of Famer, punter for the Chargers, super cool guy. Um I actually uh, talked to him about a week ago. He actually checked in with me on my birthday. So very nice guy. He moved out of San Diego not too long ago. So um, hopefully we'll be able to hook up with him one day and actually go fishing because he loves to fish. Um, he actually came over to my house and bought one of my bait tanks back when I used to make bait, tank, bait tanks. Uh, Liam, how you doing? I uh, appreciate you joining us as always. Serge, always joining us from Ottawa. I appreciate it. Uh Caesar, how you doing, man? Caesar, a former client, actually uh, is a member of the Marlin Club down in Baja. He uh, he managed to get one of those when we were guiding with my friend Sean White down there. Uh, Mike McKenna, Senior Jim. <laughs> yeah, we we will see our good friend Alonzo Castro McLeese, who's the 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 best guide in Baja and just such an awesome, fun guy. Uh, so many stories that we probably can't tell on here with Alonzo. <laughs> uh, Gene is watching from stormy North Florida. Uh, well, it's Florida. It's, it's always stormy. Uh, Grant, thanks for joining us from New Zealand. Richard Martin, the important. Will Ballast make Indrum <laughs> Kundrum again? Will it? You know what? I forgot to open my beer. Yeah, I open mine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going for the uh, Sculpin grapefruit. I'm a uh, traditional. Well, let's see. Clank. Cheers. Clank. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, the Indrum Conindrum is something that uh, they might start doing seasonal. But uh, right now, with everything that's going on, they've kind of put everything on hold. Yeah, you know, them being sold right when this all really yeah. got going. So I'm sure that yeah. put a damper on things for them. Uh, Caesar, awesome two man Marlin man. Um, and Dave, thanks for making quarantine more bearable with these great shows. Thanks for joining us, man. I mean, and that's the whole thing is joining us and we're trying to push these out. So again, these are episodes most people have never seen. They've never been on the internet. So unless you had WFN and not everybody had WFN, 
you know, you're just not seeing it. So with no further ado, because I could sit here and talk about the episode for a long time, but we actually need to air it. So let's get this thing rolling and we will pause if there's any questions or anything we need to say, and we will definitely be answering more questions along the way. So sit back and enjoy. This week on the Kayak Fishing Show, I'm hooking up with my good friends, Ken Whiting, Howard McKim, and Matt Moyer at the famed Hotel Punta Colorada in Southern Baja. Stay tuned, it's gonna be wild. At the forefront of any sport, you inevitably find someone pushing the limits. While kayak fishing has been exploding in popularity, Jim Sammons has been doing just that. Uh, yeah, look at these. Nice. From the seat of his ocean kayak, Jim challenges the world's top game fish and puts his kayak fishing skills to the ultimate test. Never fought a kayak, have you, fish? From freshwater to saltwater, Jim's mission is simple, to discover the best fishing destinations in the world and prove that anything is possible from a kayak. Who gives me chills? <laughs> right. <laughs> What's funny is there was an aerial shot there. That was before drones. That was actually shot from an airplane. Well, you can even tell that the the visual how much better the cameras have got become and everything. There you are, Maddie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Kayak Fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean Jackson Kayak. kayak. Makers of the Trident <laughs> Fishing Kayaks. Ex officio. Clothing. I've never been on a Jackson Kayak. Scotty, the way to oh, fish. When was the last time you were on a kayak? Standard uh, Horizon. A while ago. <laughs> the water like standard I got a big kayak with a 200 horse <laughs> motor now. Blair, turn up the color. And the Heliconia Press. Cutting Edge Outdoors Media. This week, Jim Sammons puts together a crew of hardened kayak anglers to brave the fish-filled waters of Baja, Mexico. The mission? To catch marlin from a kayak. Eight years ago, Jim made history when he hooked, fought, and landed a marlin from his ocean kayak drifter. That's still the best Jim picture ever taken in kayak fishing. In partnership with the Hotel Punta Colorada. In that time, he's had 23 guests come down and join the coveted Kayak Fishing Billfish Club. Although it's probably safe to say that Jim is the most experienced billfish kayak angler, it doesn't mean that catching the monsters is any less exciting. So this time, Jim's assembled a crew of kayak anglers that he knew could help him get the job done. Howard McKim is a legendary kayak angler and guide from Ketchikan, Alaska. Only three years ago, Howard hooked up with a 180-pound halibut while fishing from his kayak. Eight hours later, after an epic battle, he managed to drag it home just to prove what was possible from a kayak. And for, for note, Howard is like 6'9". Yeah, he makes me look small. The key to being happy with kayak fishing long-term is to take it one little step at a time. Matt Moyer is a lifelong friend of Jim's and a veteran of the East Coast. <laughs> of Jim's kayak billfish club the only thing that Matt has to prove is that the first fish wasn't a fluke. I got started through my dad, who's uh, who passed away, 
five years ago. He had this harebrained idea to get kayaks, so we went out and we got kayaks, and, uh, and I started out at a very young age. And, uh, <laughs> Ken Whiting is a former world champion whitewater kayaker and the author of several books about kayaking technique. Ken is here to put his paddling skills to the ultimate test while taking a crash course so on the game kayak fishing. Uh, he's, he's an incredible paddler. Is, it's basically guided my life. So when the whole idea of kayak fishing came around, it, uh, it was just an obvious fit. It was an obvious fit for me. I, I grabbed a rod, went out, caught my first little bass, and that was done. I was, uh, kayak fishing was the next thing for me. Together with the help of local guide Alonzo McLeese, <laughs> the team will search the blue Baja waters in hopes of hooking up with the next big one. The Bohemia. Yeah. Remember the boat? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he, Alonzo Ca Castro McLeese. I mean, he is just famous down in the East Cape. And, um, I mean, just just such a character. Spoke pretty good English, but the guy was a freaking wizard when it came to finding fish. Yeah, he's a witch. He's a fish witch. Yeah, <laughs> uh, totally. I mean, I, we even joked about it one time. I had a group down there with me, and it's like he even broke down in the wrong in the right spots. It's like the boat broke down. He goes, "Okay, we'll just jump in the water and fish here." And the next thing you know, I got three guys hooked up to marlin. And it's like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he, he was an incredible guy to fish with. Um, pretty sure he is still guiding down there out of Rancho Leonero now, um, if they are doing anything at all. Um, Richard is checking in from North Georgia. Thanks, man. And how about this one? Berlin Outdoor Ge Adventures. Wow. Greetings from Berlin, Germany. It's I love this. I absolutely love that we get people viewing this from all over yeah. the world. That's just close. And Donald Shoemaker from Long Island, New York. And Caesar, uh, he loved the Trident 13. Yeah, the Trident 13 was a, was a great, great kayak. Um, I really enjoy it. And Mia Kota says, you're badass. I think he's talking about you, Matt. It's it's funny though how much has changed. You know the way we fish, the gear we fish with down there. Yeah. I was still, I mean, I was always prone to fish lighter gear than I see a lot of guys use. But I mean, I don't think we were we weren't fishing the braid back then. I mean, it was all like just putting mono on your reels. I actually, I think that was the first trip where I started to fish a little bit bigger gear, and I had spent a lot of Spectra. Yeah, I started I mean, that mostly because of the bass fishing. You know? Right, right. Uh, it's it's amazing how it has um, how gear has changed, the electronics have changed, the kayaks have yeah. changed. They're so much more comfortable now. Um, but I mean, those those old ocean kayaks certainly hold a special place in my heart. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on them. Let's get this thing rolling. Let's see it. There Ooh. you are again. <laughs> Shining my brain, making everyone complain. Radio 
Wish I was there right now. Colorado is right in the East Cape region of Baja, which is just north of Cabo San Lucas, inside the Sea of Cortez. So we're just near the southern tip. There it is. Up inside, a little more protected. Yeah. The hotel is a small hotel uh, located out on a point. So there's never a whole lot of people there. We're not near town. We're 15 minutes away from the closest town. And there's not a lot of houses or anything else around here. That so was that meal you served us, Maddie. Oh, yeah. If you're here, you really don't go anywhere. You just kind of hang out, get into the, the Baja frame of mind and relax and fish and relax and fish. <laughs> <laughs> well, our typical day here in the East Cape is, uh, you know, we get up fairly early. You know, it's kind of that Baja mentality. It's a little more relaxed. So we get up about 6 o'clock, have a big full breakfast. Um, hit the water around seven o'clock. We meet our Ponga. We always have uh, boats with us on the water on my trips, just as a safety thing, and as as well as giving us the range to get out after uh, fish greater distances. Basically, it just means more time fishing and less time paddling. After the team settles into this fisherman's paradise, they rush to the water to jig up plentiful Humboldt squid to use as bait. Oh yeah, no sea creature can pass up. Yeah, the those Humboldts are freaking sea monsters. Got a nice little well, shark on here. Alonzo freaked out because they have big old hooks on the on their tentacle. Yeah, the um for anybody who's never caught a Humboldt squid, and they, I mean these things were like forty five pounds. I mean they were yeah. big. Uh, their tentacles, um, the suction cups actually have hooks all the way around them so they can actually grab onto you and then kind of really grab into your your skin yeah. and then of course their beak is like a big old parrot beak so we would jig up these big humbolts and then they would cut them up and use them for um chum for the tuna and uh but when you caught one it's like you always want to catch one catching that first one was super cool yeah and then after you caught one it's like i don't need to do that again no, it was, it was like reeling up a, a, a boot with water in it or a bucket, like, uh, you know. Right, right. And then the other ones would attack it as you were bringing it up. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it was just a lot of weight. And then kind of, I don't know. I mean, they do pull because they jet that water out, but it was totally yeah. different. And and just, like I said, they were, they were freaky. And then they would flash different colors yeah. Yes. When I brought I said, that one, when I brought that one close, Alonzo just started freaking out. Matt Moyer, what are you doing, Matt Moyer? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> that that um, that sounds like Alonzo. Yeah. Man, this fish is really heavy. He's a lot heavier than he looks. He's really been pulling hard for his size. Kind of like that. We are at Fraley's in Baja, and I just caught my first rooster fish off a of mega bait jigging deep. We weren't supposed to really catch them that way, but uh, it hit hard and, and it pulled hard. Now, Ken had never caught anything bigger than a bass before yeah, just this. Just that one day sure was spectacular, and I think people get a, a glimpse just from that one day of what an amazing place this is. Yeah. I forgot that he caught that. 
Trolling live bait is one of the most effective ways of catching fish. And that's what Jim is looking at today in Ex Officio's Kayak Fishing Tip of the Week. Your Kayak Fishing Tip of the Week. If you want to fish live baits, of course, you're going to need a way to carry those baits on your kayak. If you're fishing for small fish, walleye, that sort of thing, and using small minnows, you can generally just keep those in some kind of a container on the back of your boat. But for your larger baits like mackerel, sardine, mullet, that sort of thing, you're going to want a full circulating live bait well like I have here with this Bristol Bay from Shimano. Now, when I'm trolling large baits down in Baja, I like to use a circle hook. That's going to make sure that I get a good hook set in the corner of the mouth. Is that a Lonzo knot? Yeah. Leader with a small loop knot. Never the failed. The reason I do that is that allows the bait to have a little bit more motion, giving it that natural presentation. I'll put that circle hook either sideways across the nose of the bait or in the back of the collar, just behind the head, usually even with the top of their gill plate. Now, when trolling live baits, you want as natural a presentation as possible. That's out off La Jolla. In most cases, yeah. trolling very slowly. Can see I can not say that you can't <laughs> troll too slow. As long as your bait isn't passing you and you have a slight tension on the line, you're going at a good speed. I'll usually have my rod in a Scotty Rodmaster 2 rod holder just behind me within easy reach. Presentation isn't everything, though. Your bait has to have a natural feel when the fish picks it up. That was before Ziegler. Look at all those Shimano's. Yeah. <laughs> shouldn't feel any resistance when it grabs the bait so that it'll run with it and swallow it which gives you a much better chance to get the set on the hook a great way to get this natural feel is by using a conventional or bait casting reel with a reel out of gear and that's got braid on it now yeah. if you haven't used conventional reels with clickers before basically what that means is you have this little button here that you slide in so the reel is out of gear clicker on so when the fish picks it up it can take line but that clicker is putting enough pressure there to hold your bait in place. So with the clicker on, I'll hear it when a fish hits. I'll just set the paddle across my lap, reach back, grab the rod, turn off the clicker. Turn off the clicker. Gear. All of that gives the fish enough time to swallow that bait. Throw it in gear, and with a circle hook, don't set the hook, just wind as fast as you can. Now, a lot of times I'll be trolling really large bait, big mackerel or really large mullet. A lot of times the clicker on the reels just isn't quite strong enough to hold that bait in place. Because of that, I really like to use a lever drag reel. With a lever drag reel, you can just bump the reel slightly. That big old torso. Big bait yeah. Away, but it's still loose enough so the fish can hit and run away with it. Another trick, if you don't have a lever drag reel or a reel with a strong enough clicker, is to wrap a rubber band around the rod and the line. This will hold the line tight to the rod until the fish hits it. When a fish hits it, it burns through the rubber band. So there's a few tips on- God, that's a good tip. Yeah, I've, I've never used that. <laughs> until next time, I'm Jim Sammons, and that's your Ex Officio Kayak Fishing Tip of the Week. For the most comprehensive guide to kayak fishing, pick up a copy of The Ultimate Guide to Kayak Fishing at your local outdoor store or at kayakfishingshow.com. The wind is a little bit much for us today. Wind's not too much for me. It's not for him. <laughs> <laughs> We're all pretty busy getting ready for the trip. And so we uh, one of the things we didn't happen to check was the weather before coming down. <laughs> and it wasn't until we were in L.A. meeting Jock for uh, the last leg of the flight down here to Baja where we realized that there was a, a hurricane uh, on its way pretty much it was at that point it was angled directly to where we were going in baja 
So that wasn't a great, uh, wasn't a great start. What do you say, Jim? I said uh, I might freeze. <laughs> Winds really picked up. They're blowing about 20, 25 knots, and we spent a lot of time hanging out, watching the seas build. Did a lot of great kayak surfing because we couldn't do any fishing. There was some beautiful swell coming in, which made for some great surfing. I gotta say, we always had fun. I mean, the surfing. I mean, I had more fun surfing out here than I've ever had out here. This is the best surf we've ever had out front. So just surfing the kayaks out in front was just- That was fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, textbook. Yeah, perfect bracing technique. And of course, Ken makes it look so smooth. Yeah, right? Well, that's what happens when you're an Olympian. This was also before GoPros. Oh, what were we using? We had a Sony and a waterproof uh, housing. Oh. There's Matt rolling over. No, that that me? That's me rolling over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Howard trying to stand up. Got shut down a little bit because of weather, but made the most <laughs> of those days surfing and having fun. Didn't get quite as much fishing as we hope, but had an excellent time on the water. Well, we made the best of it. We had an awful lot of fun surfing the kayaks. That was such a blast getting out there and and surfing with Ken, and again learning a lot more about boat handling. From Ken, I'm I'm pretty comfortable in the surf, but just watching him him handle the kayak and the surf, I learned. Yeah, a lot. catching waves going backwards. <laughs> So we had a couple of fun days of that and then got kind of blown off the water early because of the, the wind came up thinking, oh, well, tomorrow's supposed to be a little bit better. Well, it got worse and uh, we didn't get on the water for four more days. So basically we went from scheduled to fish seven days to fishing two and a half. Although not for everyone, the ability to launch your kayak in surf zones will give you access to prime fishing spots. So that's what Ken is looking at today in Ocean Kayaks, kayaking tip of the week. If you want to launch in a surf zone, the first thing you need to do is stow your gear. You have to assume that you're going to flip because trust me, it happens to the best of us. And as Murphy's Law would have it, it's going to happen when you get lazy happen to me. and your gear on before <laughs> you can lose it. The first thing to understand is what beaches are easiest to launch from. This is a tricky question to answer because it really depends on the size of the waves rolling in. If you're on a steeper beach, the waves will tend to roll in hitch up quickly and then dump hard. And if you're in the zone where it's dumping, you're gonna get hit hard and the chances of swimming are pretty high. On beaches with more gradual slopes, the waves will build more slowly and break gradually. These beaches tend to be the better choice. When it comes to actually launching, remember that waves come in sets. They're not rolling in consistently at the same size. And so take your time. Watch the sets come through and then wait for a bigger set of waves to roll through before going for it. When that time comes, grab the bow of your kayak and pull it into knee deep water. 
keeping it pointed directly into the oncoming waves. As soon as the next wave passes, hop onto your kayak as quickly as possible and start paddling. If a wave that's coming at you is breaking, keeping your boat pointed directly at that oncoming wave becomes that much more important. You'll also want to hit that breaking wave with a little extra speed, so take a couple of good hard strokes going into it, and then plant a last stroke into the wave as it hits you. This last stroke will not only help pull you through the wave, but it'll help keep you balanced. So there you have it, some important things to keep in mind when you're launching and surf. Until next time, I'm Ken Whiting, and that's your Ocean Kayak Kayaking Tip of the Week. For more tips and your chance to win a fantastic kayak fishing package that includes an Ocean Kayak Trident Fishing Kayak and Ex Officio Clothing, visit kayakfishingshow.com. When we come back, the storm swings wide and finally gives the guys their chance. And it doesn't take long before the rods start bending hard. Stay tuned as Jim gets on Big Bill Fish. Jim? <laughs> you know, right? The kayak fishing Show is brought to you in part by Ocean yeah jim <laughs> uh, everybody but jim um you were there for moral support <laughs> yeah yeah uh mike says he loves the first shows back on wfn uh yeah they were we had some we had some really good episodes and uh, actually dave dave actually made a uh comment here it's fun to see how fishing shows have changed throughout the years well ours has um and a lot of what you'll see on this is because this was not shot as a tv show you know we we shot a dvd this was for kayak fishing game on our dvd and so it wasn't till after we were like into shooting our second dvd that wfn asked us to turn it into a tv show so the way that it was shot and the way that it was edited, we took the parts that were already edited and just put it into a TV kind of format, you know, adding these tip segments and stuff. But it really was, I mean, it's, this is a little more artsy and it, it actually is a little bit more the way we had envisioned the show to be, but, you know, because of sponsors and you know that Matt, I mean, the stuff yeah. you do with your, your sponsors and not, I mean, yeah, you, you have to keep sponsors happy. So sometimes you have to get a little commercial. Like wearing a Ballast Point hat and a Ballast Point shirt or a Siegler hat <laughs> and a Siegler shirt. <laughs> uh, luckily, all our, our sponsors are great and, and are actually friends. So um, it, it's fun. It's, it's fun to promote them. It's, it's, it's OK to pr if you believe in the product. And uh, I know that I wouldn't promote anybody that I don't believe in. So um, Mike says only tried that once. Didn't turn out well. I'm guessing that is surf. Um, Liam says, I have surfed on my ocean kayak 4.3 ultra and flipped it front for, yeah, the, um, the 4.3 didn't surf as well. Um, I could, I had a 4.7, uh, but the 4.3 and the, they didn't quite surf as well as the original prowlers and the tridents, the original prowlers surfed really, really well. Yeah um the downside even was surf, even i could surf them <laughs> yeah i mean the, the original prowler the original prowler 15 i mean yeah. it served great um and as well as the prowler 13 the next ones did not surf quite as well the downside to the prowler is and the reason we changed it was it didn't have the volume so you're always sitting in a ton of water but it sure handled surf and rough conditions really well um 
Let's see. Mike McKenna says that's the contest I won. Oh, it was for that kayak. Uh, Caesar says, have to say the trip to Baja 23 changed my life. Need to say I got hooked. Now fish Florida, Bahamas three times and Panama. Yeah, you became the, the big fish addict for a guy who lives up in Canada. Um, he's become addicted to salt water. Fucking kayak. Ex officio. Let's uh, put this back up there and let it. Standard Horizon. Standard Horizon. Still use Standard Horizon. Still wear Maui Jim sunglasses. So these are built in commercial breaks. <laughs> oh, they can hear it. With only a day left in Baja, Jim Salmons and the rest of the team are dying for the weather to break so that they can continue on their mission to catch billfish from a kayak. After four days of heavy winds, the guys finally get the news that they've been waiting for. It's time to fish. With cautious spirit, they troll live bait for hours, far from the coastline. Alonzo knows where the marlin hide, but there's no telling how they will act after four days of wind. There are very few hints to help guide him today. The bait fish stay low and the sky is free from birds. It's our first day, first day on the water, and uh, I think this is the we were on the on the shore for three days. Wind's still blowing, but uh, we just had to get back here. We were jonesing to catch some fish, and um, right now I'm I'm not caught in anything. <laughs> <laughs> Alonzo has been doing this type of guiding and fishing for many years and has learned to trust his instincts. His practice eye spots a flying bill a short distance off, and he shouts to the anglers to move their bait into its path. Shouts. <laughs> Calm before the storm. I think we're in. That's what I like to hear. When Howard says it's fishy, I believe him. Howard is just so casual, so calm, and he just was fighting the fish. I was like, oh, he's got a little fish, and then all of a sudden, wham! This huge marlin comes dancing across the water, and I mean, my arms just went straight into the air. I couldn't believe it. My jaw dropped. I was like, that is the coolest thing I think I've ever seen. Ooh. That was a big fish. Yeah. Howard somehow manages to keep the mammoth marlin at only a stone's throw, but it's quickly dragging him out into the Sea of Cortez and deeper water. The rest of the crew struggle to keep up when suddenly the incredible happens. Matt's rod bends in half as another massive marlin grabs hold. Now the mayhem begins in earnest. The wheels ain't catching, it was just crazy because uh, Howard was already on that 250-plus uh, pound blue yeah. marlin, and I was kind of racing to kind of get out there. And as I was paddling, all of a sudden, I hear the splashing behind me. Oh, man, this is insane. <laughs> Pretty tight, huh? Pretty tight. Oh, man. Dude, That's I was dumb. <laughs> That's our first double hookup. And we all started out with a 10-day run. Dude, you are never gonna land that blue marlin. <laughs> Things go poorly. Yeah, a little uh, Trident 12, I think he was using, maybe a 14. Yeah. 
Look at that hook right there. Right the bill. My first marlin from a kayak, and I think the most amazing part's when you don't know what you have at first, and then see it jump out of the water right in front of you, and uh, definitely know you're in for a long battle then. I think mine went about four and a half hours, maybe a little more, I don't really know. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Um, oh, that thing came right, right back at him. hours there where you're just hanging on back and forth, and not too dramatic, but the beginning and the ending is out of control and, uh, more than I ever hoped for. It's not often when I'm down here that I get to fish. I'm usually guiding clients and spending time with them. So I don't get a lot of time to fish. I'm really looking forward to fishing on this trip and basically got about two hours of fishing on the first day because uh, of Howard hooking up and then Maddie hooking up and me feeling like, you know, this is still my spot. It's still my job to kind of help them out with those bigger fish. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. That's the perfect size little striped marlin there. Oh, you know, yeah. those blues are just nonstop. Yeah. I think the first marlin I caught was bigger than that one. This day and yeah, for sure. It's a sure sign for me that it was a good story or a great day and had an all-day fight. That would, right now, that's definitely on the top of the memory. Good job, Howard. That's awesome. Great fight. What are you calling that thing, like four hours? In Baja, we need not only... Yeah, it's four and a half hours. But we need clothing that's nice and light mm -hmm. when we're paddling. It was a four and a half hour fight. Um, remember, Aline was on the uh, the camera boat, and she said she got two naps in. Oh. <laughs> I just remember Alonzo freaking out because he had to get the boat back in. And he's like, "You got to start pulling." <laughs> yeah, that because of the mesh ventilation. The blue marlin, I mean, are just compared to the the stripers, just pull so much harder. They're just so much meaner. 23 of those lucky ones did it here in Baja with Jim Sammons, and their stories are forever captured and displayed on the wall of Hotel Punta Colorado. Howard's fight with the monster blue is another great story for the wall. And there's Maddie and dancing. Face will <laughs> Do you remember right before we hooked up, um, we were fishing this Dorado on that turtle? Jim Sammons. Jim travels to Canada's capital city of right, right. Here he's going to hook up with world champion. That's in the um, Brendan Mark and Ken Whiting put his skills to the ultimate test. Oh, we're not going to watch that right now. Um, yeah, that's right. It was that old, old turtle. Yeah, I mean, just and he was cat all this bait under him, and then the Dorado was swimming around yeah. under the turtle. Yeah, the Dorado weren't big, but they were fun. Oh man, gosh, uh, <laughs> they're eating the paint off the off the mega bait. The, the mega bait. It's one of those lures that I, I swear I don't know if I've ever caught fish on it anywhere but there. But man, it sure works down there. <laughs> Aline says the best naps ever on a pong. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, she did say the two nap fight. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. We had a couple other questions. As I, uh, Richard says, we. Kayakers in La Jolla adopted Spectre Floor before the San Diego fleet. Kelp cutters and kayaks didn't have the leverage to pop fish off. Uh, it's very true. We started using the braid a lot. Yeah. Um, 
so we could cut through that because we, we have such thick kelp there. Um, Especially for those white sea bass. Right, right, which so often you catch way, way back in the kelp. Um, let's see. Kyle Miller, any tips for trolling rigs for lake use? Not sure if this is strictly ocean related. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it just troll. The, the main thing is, is for me, trolling is, like I said, if I'm trolling live bait, add a gear clicker on. If I'm trolling a hard bait where you are literally setting the hook right when the fish hits it because it doesn't have that natural feel, I don't put the rod in the rod holder. I either keep it in my hands, kind of tucked up alongside because I'm paddling. I'm not pedaling. But I'll keep the rod up against the side of my body so I can keep the reel actually more in gear with pressure on it and really set the hook with a paddle stroke. Um, if you want to paddle, um, troll multiple lines, you can do that. Um, I use um, the floats that go out and uh, so I can troll multiple lines so they don't tangle. Uh, I like I like trolling crankbaits in uh, lakes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. You like, I like because, I mean, especially when you got the depth finder, you find that, that, that perfect, you know, you get that, that crankbait that dives at like 15 foot and you can just kind of sit on that ridge. And a lot of times with the kayak, it's it's so much easier than a boat because you can stop and, and, and go. And a lot of times on that pause, when you stop is when you get hit. Uh, what's Richard say? Uh, these videos in gym lit a fire under me to get offshore. The only difference is all my fishing is with a fly rod. I like fly fishing, um, but I like catching fish. So, I mean, I know friends who are just hardcore fly fishermen and they will stick to throwing the fly no matter what, when there are other ways that are more effective. So I like to, I'll use whatever method is going to put a fish on the hook. Um, because fly fishing will frustrate the heck out. Do you ever fly fish, Matt? One time. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody, nobody taught me. It was basically just, you know, seeing videos, watching a river runs through it 50 times. <laughs> But that whole strip and keep the keep it tight. It was just uh, it wasn't for me, especially from the bank. Is when there's trees around, man. I don't know how those guys do it. Yeah, yeah. I my hat to them. Yeah, and you can count on catching the back of your ear from time to time, and and forget it. If it is windy, nothing is more frustrating. So, like I said, you know, on those type of days, I, even if I'm going on a fly fishing trip. I will bring a bait caster with me because if you go out there and try to beat against the wind and let it frustrate you, you're just going to get mad and it, you're going to hate it. You know, do it when it, it it's something that, that works for you. Um, love the fly. Uh, Mark, Mike says, love the fly fishing episode in Ennis. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. That was a fun trip. Had my uh, son on that trip up in Montana and just super, super fun. And, um, actually caught some trout on the fly. So I'm getting a little bit better with the fly over the years, but it, it certainly would never say I'm an expert. But uh, Matt, we've had some great trips, some some good times. Uh, you're in a couple more episodes. <clears throat> uh, that'll be coming up. So we'll have to get you back on. Uh, I know we have you on uh, the trip we went to Cedros Island. Um, oh, yeah. That was an awesome trip. Yeah, with uh, Mark Olson. Oh. And um, you're actually in another episode in this first season. Uh, we actually fished in San Diego. And I don't think we – I think we just went bay bass fishing or something. But yeah, when you threw the tennis ball at me. 
<laughs> I think that was a different day. <laughs> but yeah, that was, I mean, it, it's been so much fun reliving these old episodes because like I said, I don't go back and look at them. Um, so we will be continuing this every Thursday with our throwback episodes, the ocean kayak years and every Tuesday with the Jackson kayak years. So I hope you will join us. And, uh, Matt, you know, like I said, I look forward to having you on here again, if you've got time and, you know, hopefully we can all get back to work so you don't have time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Jim. It's always fun. And you and I always have fun on the water. You know? Yeah, for like sure. A lot of things that we do that we can't talk about, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I said, there, there's a, there's a lot of good sto Alonzo stories out yeah. there, and um, I mean, like I said, if, if anybody gets a chance to get down to Southern Baja, you know, uh, the Van Warmer Resorts, Rancho Leonero, they've all got kayaks. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got good rooster fish fishing just like right next to the shore there. Um, I mean, it, it's it's such a great place to go, and and in general, a much more affordable place to go mm -hmm. than say trying to go up to Alaska or that sort of thing. So. I'll anyway, man. Right. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you know, uh, um, you know, you remember Nick, my my partner moved down there. Oh, that's right. Road, that's road, right. Sports fishing. I tell you what would be really cool, and I'm sure he would do it with the kayak. <laughs> the, um, north of where Los Barillas is, there's this really cool inshore fishery where all those uh, those big cabrilla are. And uh, you, we fish them just like calico bass. And I, I'm dying to get down there because it was kind of slow the day I went down there. I did hook one and hand it to Matt Maddox, my son, and he farmed it. But I mean, it's damn kids. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we catch, catch those. Uh, we we call them acid groupers. They're like really cool, like blue, and but they they eat the plastic, they eat the hard baits, and uh, be perfect for a kayaker, especially if a family's taking a kid or something. You know, because it's yeah. it's so mellow. My son's like. Dad, can we go back to the East Cape? It's so mellow. It's, you know, it feels like you're on a lake sometimes. So. Well, yeah. And then, you know, like, like you're saying, I mean, there is stuff that is so close. I mean, that big Dorado I got, the 60-pounder, yeah. I mean, I caught that a quarter, quarter mile off the beach. Yeah. And we've caught um, sailfish and marlin less than a mile off the beach. Well, remember, so, remember that one day we we showed up to, I think it was that trip, like we showed up in the, and, and you're like, Matty, look out there. And right in front of Punta, Colorado, there was like two, like twenty to thirty pound roosters eating bait in the surf, like in I don't know, ten feet of water. Oh yeah, the roosters will cruise the beach right in front. The jack craval yeah. all through that area. I mean, and they all take lures really well. Yeah. You know, so if you don't have the live bait, but the nice thing is, if you are at one of those resorts, they generally have somebody out there. They have the bait mafia out there selling you bait for a couple bucks a piece. And, you know, troll a big mullet out there or a big mackerel, and you're going to hook something. Yeah. Well, it's like Nick, Nick said, he goes, dude, the best time to fish is when all the boats come in. Because a lot of them, will, the the, the, the uh, Jack Craval and everything comes in there. And you'll catch, like, these nice, like, you know, 15-pound, 10-pound roosters. And they'll all eat the chrome, like the crocodile or the mega bait or anything shiny. <laughs> right. Cause all those, all the boats are coming at the end of the day yeah. and to start tossing out all the rolled bait. Uh, Cause they, they really can't keep they, them. They, so. We gotta go. <laughs> uh, I haven't been, I have not, I mean, I used to guide down there and then, um, I have not been down in years now, you know, it just kind of, that whole part of my business kind of, kind of went up in smoke with my, all my other travels. So 
but I, I'd love to get back there. Actually, as a vacation. I mean, it's been a long time since I went down there as a vacation and not having to guide other people. So anyway, Maddie, thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, great show, bud. Keep it up. All right. Take care. Well, everybody, again, thank you for joining us. I hope you will see you again next Tuesday for a Jackson Kayak episode. I haven't decided which one it is yet. Uh, and then again on Thursday with our next throwback episode. So keep joining us. If you are going to be able to get out on the water, please always wear your PFD and keep your paddle right side up. Y'all take care. Oh, now I'm going to fish it. Woo!